Weirdo Bookworms, unite. We want to share our love of genre fiction with you. Some readers out there may look down on you for your love of horror, sci-fi, and fantasy, but not us. So stop by as we discuss what we've been reading. genre junkies happy halloween happy halloween spooky october woohoo best time of the year thank you for joining us yet again for another scary episode uh we're we're really into the thick of it now of of halloween season this is wonderful i'm very happy uh things are looking up we're not on fire anymore (laughs) yeah and we have so many exciting books to talk about this spooky october month oh we really do um you know i don't have a whole lot of fun spooky things to share with you right now i've been doing a lot of rewatches for the cult show but i will say i watched a really good movie on the shutter channel called spiral it's a shutter original highly recommended it's um very smart has social commentary pretty creepy diversity it is definitely genre junkies approved. I think I, I think is that the one that I walked in on you watching? Yes. Yeah, that did look very good. Mm-hmm. I'd love to watch it again. So that's my review. It looked really good. <laughs> oh yeah, that looked good. <laughs> <laughs> Well, tonight we are very, very honored and excited to present you with a book review from our dear friend, David Sodogren. And don't worry, just because he's our friend, if we didn't like his book, we would find a nice way to say it. (laughs) I mean, that is assuming that we like the book. That is assuming that we like the book. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, I just didn't want anybody to think like Boris, uh, Boris the pug is not paying us under the table on David's behalf for a positive review. Genre junkies cannot be bought. But, well, we can be bought with with pug kisses. We can, uh, yeah. If a pug was like willing to come visit us, get on a plane from Scotland, and like hand deliver us a book, I think we would give it a good review, no matter what. We'd certainly give a good review to the pug. Yeah, <laughs> the book was terrible, but this pug, oh my god, manners of a saint. <laughs> Oh, by the way, uh, I guess we should say Sweetheart is doing great, adjusting nicely. We play peekaboo from time to time. We get to hang out a little bit, and uh, he's eating. He's being a very good boy, doing lots of splores and snuggles. And we're very honored that um, Kendar Blake was honored. (laughs) Uh, That sounds weird to say, but she was so happy when we posted about Sweetheart. And, you know, of course, um, she wrote his namesake, so... And right now he's uh, holding the cables together right now for our show. He's doing a great job just being a little cable tie until he uh, (laughs) can promote up to some other technology uh, work in the studio. All right, let's get into it. Maggie's Grave, a horror novel by David Sodogren. The small Scottish town of Aachen, Milan is dead and has been for years. It sits in the shadow of a mountain, forgotten and atrophying in the perpetual gloom. 47 residents are all that remain. There's nothing to do there, nothing to see, except for a solitary grave near the top of the mountain. Maggie Wall buried here as a witch, reads the faded inscription. But sometimes the dead don't stay buried, especially when they have unfinished business. Um, And that's where we'll leave you in the description. That's pretty much it. There's just some uh, blurbs and stuff, too, uh, which I, I... I'm excited. Let's talk about it. Let, let's do it. So 
I want to point out first and foremost, uh, David explains that this is based on a real monument in Scotland. Yeah, real grave. Uh, You know, there's there's definitely some differences and they don't really know where it came from. But there's a real grave that stands that that says Maggie uh, burned here as a witch. Yeah, Maggie Wall. And um, that's he includes a picture of it, actually, at the end of the novel. So very, very mysterious sad interesting and as somebody who loves to read or write you could just see that monument and your imagination just runs wild so um we're big fans of david sodergren here duh we've said that we've reviewed all his books and we've liked all his books uh loved all his books is more accurate adored adored um Uh, he's fabulous. I've said it once. I will say it again. He writes horror books for people who love horror. Um, every single one is a love letter to horror fans. He dabbles in different subgenres, always expertly, and with a very deft hand and a very deft understanding for that subgenre. Um, having loved all of his books, I have to say, Maggie's Grave is my favorite. <laughs> It is my favorite to date. It is my favorite. I love folk horror and I love everything about this book. I have to agree with you. I mean, it's it's not a secret that you and I are absolute David Sodergren stands. Yeah. But this book is just a step above and 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 that is incredible <laughs> for how much we love his other books. Yes. Um, from the very first two sentences of the book, right to the very end, mm-hmm. I was absolutely obsessed with yeah. this novel, which would be my experience score. Pure obsession. I have to say my my personal experience reading this was absolutely obsession. Obsession. My favorite David Sodergren book to date. And that is saying something. That is hard to do because I feel like, you know, I I go back and forth so much on which of his books are my favorites. But um, this one for me is the one to, to beat. It's the one to top. This will be the one to top. It's only down hill from here david <laughs> <laughs> write books that cater directly to me and we'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> and i want to clarify we do consider david to be a friend we met him through this show with yeah. you know well, well we met him through no, instagram, instagram yeah. first and then and then we uh reviewed his first book um but we've had him on the show so many times we're so sorry david that we didn't have time to get you on this month oh, that's a bummer um but we we love him so much and we love his books so much. Yeah. And support, you know, authors like David that need your support. We got to help spread the word for our diehard, wonderful writers in the horror community. Can we talk about the cover? Yes. The return of the what I consider the David Sodergren cover. Yes, I know I, what you mean. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I loved the cover for his last book as well, and it yeah. absolutely fit the theme. But there's just something about that 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 cultish imagery yes. that he that he has on his covers that's just it, it's like retro. It's but retro. Effective. Yeah, it's retro. There's a rusticness to it. Yeah, it just brings it. It sparks joy. Sparks it, joy. It's joyful. Yes, I totally agree. Welcome back, cover. <laughs> um, I am definitely huge into folk horror. It's a favorite subgenre of mine. 
And this is is just a beautiful exploration of that. It's not only creepy with this wonderful, you know, kind of woman scorned folk hero, not hero. <laughs> it's very, very bad. It does bad things. But then it's also got these great um, young adult characters. I, I think they're 19 in the book. 18, 18 19, 19, somewhere yeah. around there. And um, they're just kind of coming into their own in this weird, poor, sucky town of Aachen, Milan, and trying to figure out their lives and there's so much humor in this book, too. Not only is it absolutely disgustingly gory, like there's just blood and broken bones oozing out of every page, but it is legit hilarious. It's very funny, right? Like, yeah, so funny. And considering, you know, David has a penchant for the 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 absolutely horrendous yes. and pokes fun at it in such a refreshing way in this novel. Oh, there's always um some humor, some gallows humor, some dark humor to be found in his books. And this certainly is, but it also is like, it's not only those deliciously fun little dark humor moments, there's some lols. Like, there's some legit lols. Absolutely. Yeah. I need to stop saying legit, but I won't. I'm too legit to quit. <laughs> okay. So, uh, uh, first of all, this book very much has, you know, a folk horror theme. That's what it's built on. And that's what really, like, dug its nails into me right from the get-go. Mm -hmm. It's a really fun story of these, you know, young adults kind of living in this ghost town, uh, coming to grips with the fact that there may be some sort of evil curse. But all of that is actually kind of a sneaky way to lead you into the horrifying things that happen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are scenes in this book that are, they're living rent-free in my head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. I have a very clear picture of, of Maggie, of the the quote-unquote witch. And it's so funny because she's kind of, comedic looking in my head because she's something like you see her and she doesn't quite make sense like she doesn't quite add up and that's to the benefit because she needs to be this imposing otherworldly figure but she is also still humanoid yeah so i agree and 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 she is described in a very creepy horrifying way but in the spoiler section yes i'm going to tell you what the what what the funny image that came to my head I have a little bit of fun too i think it might be the same that would be hilarious that would be hilarious i think it might be exactly i the don't same know image. i don't know so i'm curious because this book you know like i said really rides a line between folk horror and just horrendous body horror what was what did you kind of lean towards more in this book what what really grabbed you um, well, I mean, I love both. I love that David is generally very gory in his mm -hmm. writing and so descriptively so. There's like, like, there's a lot of like bone crunchy <laughs> this sort of thing. I mean, there's plenty of, of fluid, but it's a lot, it's a crunchy one. Um, I think for me, it, it, it is more folk horror because there's this legend and this story and you know kind of this ancestral uh lineage so for me it's um 
it's David's take on folklore. Yes. And um, I want to say, first of all, the folklore is definitely what what grabbed me. But if the bone crunchiness was the worst, most horrifying moments, (laughs) it would be a pretty tame uh, tame book. David has a level of depraved creativity that I may never be able to recover from. (laughs) It's very, very unique. And the the best way that I can encapsulate it is when I say that he is writing love letters to horror fans because he is such a horror fan. Because we do like the depravity, but there's always substance and there's always interesting uh, takes and originality that, you know, even the most jaded of us can pick up and be like, oh, that is a new take on that. I like that. Yeah. Um, how about your appeal score for this? Okay. Um, I am going for the second episode in a row have kind of a surprising appeal score for a book this horrifying and I'm going to give it general appeal. That is my appeal as well. It, you know, when it gets gruesome, it gets real gruesome. And those, those are definitely for the, the, um, the horror initiated, if you will. Yes. But, um, it, it puts that in there as just a, as strong moments to a, a, a folk tale history story that I actually think uh, will will appeal to a much broader audience than just horror fans. I see totally what you mean. Um, yeah. And I mean, I'm kind of, I, I pick up a lot of that very much the same. I think that people, especially this time of year that don't normally read horror, horror or scary things, you know, they want something horror on their radar. This is a totally good suggestion i mean yeah it's definitely more for the horror initiate than the horror novice (laughs) but at the same time i think some of those themes some of the humor um some of just the interesting world building that he's done um i think it would appeal to a lot of readers besides just horror fans however do not say we didn't warn you if you want to be scared and disturbed and grossed out you've come to the right place you've come to maggie's grave yeah (laughs) um well we are going to give you a uh trigger warning at the beginning of the spoiler section but um all right i think we're gonna pop into the spoiler section i cannot wait to talk about Yes, and if you've read it, we'll see you there. Or you can also join us and hear that um, trigger warning that we want you to be aware of. See you soon. Enjoying the show? Please like and subscribe on iTunes. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Genre Junkies. And don't forget to visit the website, genrejunkies.com. Welcome back, Genre Junkies. This is the spoiler section for Maggie's Grave. So we did promise you a content warning. Um, please be aware that this book does depict some sexual assault, and we just want our readers to know that going in. Yes. 
on with the show. Okay, let's just start with a little bit of Maggie's description then. Yeah, okay. Okay. So, and I mean this with the highest praise. This is one of the things my eye painted her as. Do you remember the cartoon Rugrats on Nickelodeon? I do. You remember Angelica? I do. You remember her doll Cynthia? Oh my god, I do. Cynthia? She has this like she has these big eyes with like a tiny little pupil and like you know they just kind of stare and then she has all this crazy hair like clumps and strands of hair <laughs> just sticking up maggie wall kept leaning towards very cynthia vibes for me so okay we did not have the same thing in mind you are correct <laughs> oh, oh anyway that i should clarify my mind wanted to paint her that way and i kept being like that's very funny and that is part of it but also very birch tree because mm-hmm. that was something he said a couple of times, which I'm a huge fan of birch trees. Um, and so I could really see that and kind of a, almost a mummified. Yeah. Yeah. So so the imagery that I got from from Maggie for, you know, from his actual writing and for the majority of the book was really like the kind of imagery that you find in Pan's Labyrinth, that kind of like nature slash slash like creepy slash horrifying imagery mm-hmm. but th- the point in the book when when um her abdomen is actually <laughs> described <laughs> and from then on i had this this little bit of an image of in my head from a movie i just watched for the very first time very recently and that would be mother from dead alive oh my god <laughs> yes I guarantee you David has seen that movie and David made that connection because yes. there was absolutely that kind of theme of like when, when Vera is like getting my the, belly sort of. Yes. When Vera is the big mother monster towards the end, that wonderful, crazy practical effect that those folks made. Um, I totally get that. I totally can pick that up. Which, you know, in Dead Alive, it's it's hilarious and yet still horrifying. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and so <laughs> when that popped into my head, I it did make me laugh. Oh, my God. Does that mean that Eric is the baby from Dead Alive? I think so, yes. Oh, my God. Don't you just <laughs> wish? If you haven't seen Dead Alive, you you must. It's a classic. Uh, that's what Peter Jackson was doing before Hobbits. <laughs> <laughs> um, I digress. So... Maggie, first of all, I guess since this is the spoiler section, we should just go all in. I adored Maggie. I loved her so much. Of course, as you know, a horror fan, we often do have a lot of empathy and sympathy for the villain, mm-hmm. for the quote unquote monster. Um, and Maggie's a perfect example of that. I mean, she does these grotesque, horrifying things, but it's like something beyond terrible was done to her and at the hands of these so-called good people. So that makes you really care about her. And then especially at the end of the book, when she touches Eric so gently and lays him down, as it says, so motherly, is it's like... It just rips your heart out. Because she really just wants her child. Yeah. And, and opening this book with the actual uh, death of Maggie was a brilliant stroke. Absolutely, because that's immediately planted in your mind from the beginning of what this lovely woman has gone through. Um, she is not even technically a witch in the way that, you know, we would think of a witch. She's a cunning woman. And... Uh, you know, that is definitely the type of woman uh, that 
the ignorant humans turned on at she that time. She wants to live her cottagecore life. She's living that cottagecore. She's making tinctures. She's doing her thing. Growing her own vegetables. Living yeah. off the land. And, well, and she's different. You don't need no man. She, she's different, and that scares people. And then especially when she becomes pregnant with by a prominent person in the village, then, you know, he really had to lead the hysteria to make sure that that illegitimate child didn't get born um it's just so unfair the the victimization and the humiliation she endures um there's something that kept coming to mind for me about uh going going deep going deep as i like to do about you know inheritance and sins of ancestors Mm -hmm. type of thing um Today in America, as we record this, it is Indigenous Peoples Day, which is also unfortunately still known as f***ing Columbus Day, of all things. And there is, you know, like in many other nations, there's blood on the hands of those who quote-unquote discovered and colonized this place where people were already freaking living so you can't really discover and move into a place where there was already people (laughs) and there's so much of that when we think about these things these days about you know what people who came before us did um that now you know we're still suffering the repercussions of that as a staunch environmentalist too you know i think about that a lot with global warming and the things we do to our planet and it's like you know these these horrible deeds of those who've come before us you know the the bill comes due <laughs> at the end and it's a generational way of paying for things even when you didn't do it you're still stuck with it you know absolutely yeah. i mean yes the the town did completely fall apart eventually but you know people th- these families stayed in this town they continued to profit off of the land they continued to well and even 34 years prior they all did it again mm-hmm. so i mean it's not even just generations that time has forgotten it's been a continued process what I found really fascinating and 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 hilarious, especially the way that it's created, is that you have these th- this group of of Christians, Ugh, yeah, who who you know kill a witch, and their their um, children's children's children mm-hmm. are now doing these bastardized occultist uh, God. Uh, rituals to to keep away the witch yeah it's like who thought up that idea because pervert dude because that orgy scene okay that orgy scene is like the best thing it is uh, okay no the best thing is what comes right after the orgy scene (laughs) but but it's like who who had the idea okay yeah the way to get rid of the 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 witch is we're just all going to have a mass orgy then sacrifice that is that is not a thing (laughs) that is not a thing perverted dudes got together and they're like this is perfect it's probably those first group of, of guys, to be honest, that killed her. And the way that he describes like all of the different sexual acts they're in the middle of. Oh my god. First of all, no, no, no. <laughs> the funniest the funniest part is James Blunt's You're Beautiful. Yes. Um, and like the fact that they have these yoga mats out on the floor and he gave them a <laughs> stimulant in the apple juice. 
uh, to loosen them all up a little bit. It's so absurd. It's just, it's absolutely absurd. And then, of course, Marvin Gaye's You're My First, Last, or whatever <laughs> plays after. But nothing is funnier than James Blunt's You're Beautiful, because that song is such like a, a just, I hated that song when it came out. And, and it's a imagery, curse. The song is a curse. And the image, imagery of James Blunt playing in the background while, and, and what specific, specifically comes to my mind of, you know, a woman being what did they, what did they call it? Like like on like on a spit. <laughs> he called it spit roasting. Yeah, yes. a woman being spit roasted on the stage, and a, another woman has a man's Something. member in her mouth. <laughs> like, everything. I mean, everything is just like uh, hilarious, David. And the one who's like, I, you know, I, I'm too old for this. He's yeah. like, no, you're gonna, you're gonna do it. Yeah. Oh, and then, oh, speaking of too old for this, Mr. Lamb, who tried to escape, but he really, obviously, in his heart, knew that there was no escape. Yeah. And he did try to save them, which I appreciate. Um, Dirty Larry was hilarious. Such a difference from America and our law enforcement. Just seeing their police. I mean, their police. You know, I know. People have issues with policing the world over, but it was just very funny. Like those cops don't have guns. Uh, what they yeah, have batons? It was actually it was kind of weird for this American to uh, to yeah. picture that. It's like the first time I watched the British Law and Order. It was the same thing when that first started. They, I don't believe they had guns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and it's like <laughs> what? And then the fact that they all made fun of Larry for having one. Yes. Well, and, and the fact that like. This kind of story um, written in the U.S., there would be a lot more guns involved in it. Uh, Most likely. I mean, not every... In a town every... in the middle of nowhere, pretty much everyone would probably be armed. It's very possible in, in America. That's very possible. I mean, there is literally 47 people there. Yeah. <laughs> Which does make it all even more hilarious. But, uh, but going back to, to the townspeople, that... The, you know, past the mass orgy, the mass murder yes. <laughs> and slaughter was one of the okay. Reading like I am not a huge horror person, and and not you know like exactly. I I enjoy some horror, but reading that scene, I feel like I felt for the first time that that glee that big horror fans like you have. You know, watching or reading horror movies absolutely and i think that um that's just amplified by the fact that these people have sacrificed a baby at least one baby in the past and they're about to sacrifice alice and her baby and they're so like just resolved about it there was like one person that felt bad and that just makes it even more like oh just kill kill them all kill them all and just in the most creative and and yes. horrifying way oh and especially the ones that are like you know like going over the top of each other to get out of the way it's like my god they really just want to save themselves at any cost don't <laughs> yeah. they get a maggie get in there girl although i have to say this is a word this this is a, this is a a phrase that um would never go over in the u.s and, and maybe doesn't go over in scotland either what but i really spit roasting no <laughs> No, I've heard that before. No, I, I highlighted because I really liked Specky Cunt for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why it got me. I mean, 
It's pretty funny. It is pretty. It is pretty funny to be calling this this eighty year old woman a specky <laughs> cunt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know over there, our, our friends across the pond, um, they they use cunt a lot differently than we do. Not everybody is a fan of it. I understand over there, but they use it definitely different than we do. Um, so I think reading it is like kind of like <laughs> like kind of like foreboding. Well, this was also the first book that I've read by David that from the very beginning, every sentence, uh, with the exception of one character, I read in a Scottish accent. It's very, it's it's dripping with it, and you can't get away from it. Not only because there's like the folky legend, but you know, they just keep referencing Aachen Milan and like how dumb and <laughs> sucky it is. And like, you, you really get the sense of this is a forgotten, almost yeah. ghost Scottish town. And he really leans into the slang and he leans into yes. the just the language. Very and I really loved that. I yeah. really did. Because it's very contemporary. It's young people characters. Um, also, David, you know we love references and Easter eggs. Um, highly approve of Spring Hill Jack. That is a cryptid that I love. I'm very familiar with and I appreciated Spring Hill Jack being um, in this book even, uh, you know, as a bowling alley. <laughs> yeah. I think Spring Hill Jack would like that very much. Um, which I loved that character as well. Me too. I loved him. I mean, his death was horrifically okay. epic. Yeah. So now going to to we're going to go up in levels as far as horrific deaths and 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 Jack would be would be the next one up from yeah. from the entire town dying that that hurt, hurt me that hurt david <laughs> that physically hurt it, because it's a combination of both of like all senses yes you have you have just the 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 feeling of pain of of imagining that happening to me and then you have you have like her slipping and falling in the blood yeah and you have the smells that you yes. can just imagine and just Ugh. sounds in the david, david why do you do this to me <laughs> why do you do this raise your hand if you've ever been personally victimized by david sodergren <laughs> my hand is raised um it, really inventive yes and and that one also was like horribly disgusting, yeah. but but so creative that that I just I like thinking about it now. Mm -hmm. I smile a little. Yeah, because it is so creative. That's it exactly. Um, I don't know if we're kind of skipping around or how we're doing this, but uh, my favorite death is one hundred percent Courtney's death. Okay, so this would be so yeah, we are definitely going in escalating levels of death. This yeah. would be this takes the cake. I have never read anything like this. So not only is there the primal fear of most penis owners of something grabbing your penis and not letting go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm so, okay, it's a thing. I know it's a thing. Okay, small spoiler alert for American gods. The scene where someone is eaten by someone's vagina was the point when I actually put that book down, and I'm a little embarrassed to say that, everybody. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's a brilliant book. Uh, this, ha having literally like a hand inside of Two her- Two hands. Grabbing and pulling him in, yes, and then him putting two hands inside of her to try and get it to let go, and then it tearing off is the most is the worst thing I've ever read. 
It's the worst. And I mean that as a compliment. The penis tearing off. The whole (laughs) I'm sorry, I have to just say it. It's like hilarious. The whole thing. And and, and he threw in some really great humor into that scene as well to to keep it light, which I appreciate. And again, I also wasn't exactly sure what was grabbing him. So it was very much like, (laughs) what's in there? I didn't know if it was like a root from the grave. I didn't know. But no, it's just two hands. And then she just like pops out of Courtney like a just this well, ripping. Well, yeah, because, okay, so that's the horrible thing for men. Yeah. That's the horrible thing for men. Yeah. But then what happens next? She comes rip roaring out of there. Yeah. Yeah. She splits her, her in twain. Yeah, from her between me down there. Yeah. Yes. It's hilarious and also horrifying. It, but it's hilarious because you're like, no, no, this can't be happening. So he managed in one chapter to compl- do horrifying things to both penises and vaginas. Yes. And to the people that own them. <laughs> oh. It was so so good david so gross and so funny and then um, that's the scene that i mean is is living rent free in my head yes by the way and and just imagine imagining the split open desiccated uh, corpse of courtney i have such a visual for that of her just stepping out of her like a pair of pants yeah (laughs) 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 um it's brilliant it's brilliant how she was kind of possessing courtney beforehand because remember steve was like seeing the glean of someone else Mm -hmm. and then yeah and then she just had to physically emerge through it it's like i've always loved a good werewolf transformation this was like that times 10 yeah it it was it's similar to that type of werewolf trans uh uh, uh, where you're like shedding yeah a a suit a meat suit yeah oh god Oh, well done, David. Well, well, well done. Um, so I I really want to just talk for a second about the brilliant twist that is the end of this book. Yeah. So you really think you've got it figured out. You really think you've got it. Um, Beth snaps. She finally snaps. She's like, just take take this baby. Take it. And you're kind of like you're a little bummed to see it, but that was a possibility that she could snap, right? Absol- certainly. If that was still a twist, though. And then, of course, the bigger twist. Is that the baby is inside of her. No wonder Maggie was relentless in her pursuit of Beth. Yep. It had it had nothing to do with Alice. Yeah. Um, and those stupid townspeople were going to sacrifice Alice and her baby. Well, they, the same thing would have happened. She would have said, not my baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Wow. Yeah, and also townspeople, if what she wants is a baby. Oh, that she wants. Why would you another baby? <laughs> why would you kill the baby? I mean, if you're already going to kill the baby, why don't you just give her the baby? Why, why are you all going to boink each other all night well, okay, and then we've slaughter set- a baby? We've settled on that that is like something those dudes originated for no reason. Oh, absolutely. I'm agree. I, yeah. I am. I am settled that. Furthering that. I guess they feel it's like they're better than Maggie. So it's like if they kill the baby, it's because they're they're kind of better than her. That's what I take away from it. Yeah. You know what? Actually, come to think of it, it 
it okay i'm actually thinking even more i i might know where david's inspiration for that idea might have come from what what i already got a little bit of it vibes from this story yes yeah there's you know, a lot that, of it oh vibes. this is happening it started in 85 and this is happening you know yeah. 20 35 years it's the later the return uh saga yeah i mean that is kind that is how they escaped when they were children from it in the book mm-hmm. is basically kind of it's complicated but having a little bit of a of a orgy situation i think that might be where he got a little bit of the inspiration for this well that's what worked last time so i guess we all have to do that again i i could see that i think that um i think it was um what do you call it some opportunistic dudes taking advantage but yeah. absolutely i'm just i i wonder if maybe that's where he grabbed a little bit of his inspiration well talk to us david tell us tell us what happened dang it we should i wish i wish we had the time to interview for you this for this we'll we'll we'll, we'll reach out separately yes <laughs> we'll reach out separately um yeah i mean i'm kind of at the end of my rope here i feel as split open as courtney <laughs> um or you <laughs> or even or even beth <laughs> Um, uh, long live Maggie Wall, long may she reign. I love her so, so, so much. I forgive her for all the bad stuff she did. Um, <laughs> you're good in my book, Maggie. And thank you, David, for writing this fun novel with such twists and turns and disgust, but lots of heart and gave us lots of things to think about as well. All right. I mean, it's almost a little gilding the the lily. I'm giving it 10 uh, birch trees out of 10 um, to say, like, obviously my, my favorite of the books he's written and I love all his work. So 10 out of 10. I am going to also give this book 10 bowling pins out of 10. It is a strike. Strike. No, no, no spares here. This book was just gleefully horrific well done another uh, great accomplishment david sorry to put the pressure on you but when you're this good of a writer we expect big things my man every time uh and thus far we have you, not been you, disappointed yeah, you, you are worthy you are worthy <laughs> sir um thank you all for joining us i hope you all were as equally delighted and disgusted by maggie's grave as we were uh, we will see you very, very soon for more horror-filled fun in this jam-packed month of October, the high holy season. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Sandra. Please keep reading past your bedtime. Mm-hmm.